0: Today on Let's Talk VoiceOver with BT and Randy Ryan, Mark Cashman joins our little coffee clatch. We talk about valuing your voice and your talent by not really playing on those voice casting sites that commoditize the crap out of you, casting realities about what happens to your audition after you submit, and giving back to society with your time and talent and how you can play the home game. So settle in, my friends, and let's talk VoiceOver. VoiceOver. Let's talk Let's talk Let's talk Let's talk Mark Cashman is the voice cat, voted one of the best voices of the year three times by Audiophile Magazine. He's a very versatile voice actor, writer, teacher, coach, producer, director, and well, all-around creative guy. He's the author of VO, that's the letter V VO. It's a book, VO, tips, tricks, tools and techniques to start and sustain your voice career. And he writes a regular column for Now Casting. He also runs Cashman Commercials, the award-winning radio commercial house, and Mark is an Awesome voice coach covering beginner, intermediate, and master level classes and everything from commercial voiceover to audiobooks to voice acting. If it sounds like Mark does everything, well, that's kind of because, well, he does. So let's talk voiceover, Mark Cashman.
1: Thank you Brian Talbot and thank you Randy Ryan for inviting me to your wonderful little coffee clatch. This is a this is a kind <laughs> of a cool thing here. Wait, I I got to ask. You you got coffee? I actually I just finished my cup of coffee
0: we don't have a a budget for coffee how'd you get coffee
1: let me send you a little (laughs) just a little stipend (laughs) for your coffee
0: is this the part where we start monetizing the podcast yes this is the
1: part where people contribute it's like a a charity almost
0: if you know the three of us then then you'll know that it really truly is a charity
1: (laughs) somewhere a
2: voice actor starves.
0: Okay, everywhere a voice actor starves. (laughs) Every time you click on Fiverr, another voice actor dies. (laughs) Oh, God
1: almighty. I saw another Fiverr thing today. I I do not understand that. I mean, I understand it, but I don't understand it. I just don't understand what's going on. You talk about that race to the bottom.
0: What the hell is that? The entire pay-for-play world has just gutted... The voiceover industry as it was. Now, I understand that things change and evolve over time, and I know that we need to as well. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But when all of a sudden someone values you less than minimum wage for your efforts, what is the point? I look
1: at Fiverr as a voice actor living on the street.
0: Yeah, I think that's, yeah. Okay, since we jumped right into this (laughs) one, what do we (laughs) talk about... If that's really where you need to go to get some practice and get started, I'm 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 not going to hold it against you, but man, if you're a working pro and you're playing the $50 a commercial game, Well, then, then then from my perspective you're not a working
1: pro. I just don't know how you can sustain it. And I I totally understand. I mean, truthfully Fiverr uh, was created based on people's desperation. I mean, that's the only possible reason it could Exist.
2: Well, you yeah. might know the answer to this, Mark. Um, you know because of the production that you do. But have you seen anybody who has come through a place like Fiverr uh, that's actually booked something nationally? That of course they you know got massively underpaid for. But I mean,
1: impossible, just impossible to say. I I have heard about people who actually mm-hmm. somehow I don't know how have actually made Fiverr work for them in the sense that they do lost leader. But we all know that never works. That never works. I've heard about stories like this, but I haven't actually seen actual examples. Now, I'm sure that, again, there's an exception to every rule. Mm-hmm. But in this mm-hmm. particular case, I still do not understand how that entire concept works and w- and how people are deluding themselves into thinking that it does work. Yeah, right? I don't know. The Internet came into being. Everybody wanted to jump on the voiceover bandwagon. There weren't enough agents out there to, to accommodate everybody. And so, Voices.com, Voice123, and those companies of their ilk, they're not hurting at all. Again, Voices.com is just trying to take over the business. And, uh,
0: well, it's really the Uber model, though. They don't do voices themselves, they just simply co opt other people's talents and abilities and then offer them back at a discount. The other thing that that's really damaging is. The talent agents business. The problem is, is that the ad agencies and all the traditional buyers of voice talent... We've kind of turned the cycle and then the next generation has come up and now they expect everything to be free or virtually free. Yes. They don't differentiate the value in so many cases. And it is. It's a commoditization, it's a race to the bottom. And pretty soon, you know, you really are. Uh we'll talk for food. Yeah, I think part of the issue though is and, and this is certainly
2: not true of everybody, because I know uh some agents that are extraordinarily good yeah. and they and they work their butts off. Yep. But but so many agencies, um, and I would say this also of ad agencies as well, yes. seem, and there are lots of reasons for it, um, but they seem to have done a very poor job of explaining why they are significant and important. And a lot of them became order takers. Mm-hmm. And When people don't see your value and when you don't do a good job of explaining it, you know, it's like, why do you hire a casting director? Why do you hire a talent director? Why do you go to an agent? Right. Because they are supposed to get you what you're looking for. And that, you know, that's part of their skill. Uh, When you have agents that go, oh, well, you know, we're going to make 15 or 20 percent or 10 or whatever they happen to be charging. And I'm just going to send them my roster. When their roster is not correct for what the project is, that's when you have a problem. And I've known too many, and I think you guys have seen this too, too many people. like Even as even as voice actors, how many times you get a script you look at it going, really? This is sent to me? Yeah. Um, okay, sure, I'll read for it. Here's my best 75-year-old <laughs>
0: grandma. I mean- <laughs> The flip side of that discussion is that the agencies, the people going to the talent agencies and requesting auditions are saying, send us, you know, send us 30, 40, 50 of your best for this role. And that's part of the problem What well, the ad agency I, that's side. That's insanity is that? right. coming from – yeah, the, the request in itself is insanity, right? And so there you go. And then – You know, to compound the problem, they go to 10 or 20 different talent agents and do the same thing. So now every audition, I mean, that used to be when everything was local, you would go into it and you would literally be competing against maybe, you know, six, eight, 10, a dozen people for for a role. And that's fine. Even 20 people. But that's that's only if they
1: go. That's only if they went to one agency. But we all know that they cover their bets. They cover their butts. And they go to multiple agencies. And
0: today, every audition you do, you're competing against at least a thousand people, if not way more. And then, of course, the flip side of that, we've all cast before. We've all been on the casting side. You know that you listen to about uh, 30, maybe 40 voices. And all of a sudden, your ear starts to just dry up. And everything sounds the same. Yeah,
1: depending upon your familiarity with it, as a producer, when I have sent out auditions and I get back auditions, as a producer, I can honestly tell you this, that let's just say a thousand people audition for a particular spot. I will guarantee you, guarantee you, out of every hundred people who audition, 70 of them are anywhere from okay to what the heck was that? Right, probably
2: more in the probably generally more in the in the okay realm,
1: and also within that okay, there's there there's some people who are just you you just shake your head and say, oh my god, you know it's it's that. But then there are about twenty people or so who are in the good pile. Yeah, they 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 did a pretty damn good job, and then there are usually only ten percent. It's the cream that rises to the top, inevitably, always. Every time, if I'm sending out, again, I send out a job, I get back uh, 200 auditions, 20 of them, approximately, will be in my yes pile. 20 of them, 10%, and that's about it. So, people who are listening to this, voice actors who are listening to this, particularly people who are getting into the business or or thinking of getting into the business, I just want to give you a little perspective that if you've got great skills, if you've got great talent, you will most likely be in that 10% as opposed to that 90% that didn't quite make it. If you have got chops and you want to compete, just remember that you're competing technically against 10%, not 90%. You're going right. to be rising to the top. However... Well, but
2: even even with that, sometimes that's not totally true because the three of us may work this slightly differently. I, I know that when I cast, I, I do it a little bit differently. But if you're, let's just say you're, you're random agency yeah. and you're getting those thousand things. Yeah. What's invariably going to happen, which is why that many auditions should not be sent out in the first place, oh, yeah. is is what Brian said, is the ear fatigue. And, and if you're in that top 10%, but... 700 people have come in before yours gets there. Yours is never even going to get listened That's to. That's true. Yeah. And so you're not actually even in that category. You are, but nobody ever knows. It's, a, you know, if a voice actor falls in the, in the studio and no one's there to record it, <laughs> does, did he actually make <laughs> yep. a noise?
1: Did he make yep. a sound? That's right. right. Did he make a sound? <laughs> I remind people, I said that, you know, when you're listening to voice acting auditions, you get a little bit more time than headshots. If, if and a casting director has a pile of headshots in front of them and they just right. have this pile They're going to go through the pile, knowing what they're looking for, and they're going to be doing no, 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 maybe, no, no, yeah, no, no, maybe, no, no. Right. With voice acting, with auditions, you have to at least listen to the slate.
0: (laughs) 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 Except most auditions now do not include a slate. They don't include a
2: slate. That's that's funny. Well, that's okay, because then you get the first five seconds, at least, of of the
0: read. That's right. The other funny part about casting, too, is the first people you'll start to listen and you'll listen to maybe 10, 15 seconds. And then by like, you know, 10, dozen, 15, whatever, you're down to like the first seven syllables that you catch from somebody. You can determine whether they're right or wrong for the part.
1: I will tell you this right now that there have been many uh, and this is just on. I'm just being honest here. There have been many, many times when I hear a slate and I automatically they go into the no pile. Only because, first of all, I know, number one, that their voice is totally wrong for this particular project, or two, the way they recorded their thing is so amateurish and so, well, amateurish, that it's totally unusable and I can't even hear it. So it's well, I don't.
2: And, and that's one of the things that I don't understand why. Boy, this has turned into a bitch. How much time do we understand. have? Thanks, Mark. Thanks for, thanks for bringing out the bitch in all of us.
1: So no, uh, no, no. But, it's, we're not, I don't know if we're so much bitching. We're, I think we're we're decrying the fact that a lot has changed for voice actors today who want to get into sure, this sure. business. And uh, there are a lot more factors involved in success. Uh, Mm -hmm. than there used to be
2: yep well one of the things that uh, you just brought up though that i think is true is is voice quality and one thing that is totally on actors is this whole i'm just going to send in my audition via my smartphone for instance or hey i bought a snowball microphone that i've set up in my kitchen that's good enough isn't it and i understand that equipment is expensive but if this is going to
0: be your career, yes. if this is what you want to do, I mean, just it, to it's make the a separation career. between are you professional or are you not?
1: Yes, right. yes absolutely. Right. And, the, and, the, and the great thing is, is actually the, the the cost of these things have come extraordinarily down, down, down. Technology, we know, just keeps getting absolutely. cheaper and cheaper every day we, we go on here. And I yep. I think it's just astounding that if you've got a computer, and pretty much everybody has, even goat herders in Afghanistan have smartphones. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you've got a computer, you don't need a whole heck of a lot More investment to put together a a reasonably decent audition space in your uh, home or apartment. Nobody's saying that you have to create an entirely professional studio. You literally, we're talking about hundreds of dollars here, not thousands or tens of thousands of dollars to put together a decent recording space for you to audition and submit auditions. It's not that difficult. And now with the YouTube and everything else like that and all the experts out there, well, somebody wrote me the other day, they actually. Actually wrote me and said how do I break into voiceover <laughs>
2: <laughs> well you know the standard first answer I have for that is is always what kills the conversation have you taken acting lessons that's
1: right have you taken have you actually have you gone and done any kind of homework or research or anything have you just gone on to YouTube have you just googled how do I break into voice acting how about that no
0: I just asked you Mark I just asked you if you know the answers <laughs> my, my favorite answer to that is like well, you know, people tell me I have a great voice. I'm like, yeah, you know what that is? That's like going to Top Golf and having a really fun time and deciding that you're going to be on the pro tour. <laughs> That's what that is. And
2: then finding out there are no cocktails on the pro tour. That was my breaking point. Right? No cocktails. Right? You have to bring no, your own. Screw that. What
1: happened yeah. to the 19th hole? What happened to that?
2: Hey, Mark, I got a question for you. You're doing a, a casting call of some sort, a uh, project that you've been hired that, you know, you're going to provide the talent You're and you're probably going to produce it and all this other kind of stuff. How much leeway do you usually have to choose the voice talent, to suggest the voice talent, or how much do you usually take? Um, and that I would include with that everything from... Somebody going in your no pile, is that like, no, I'm not going to send this to the client? Or do you send some of those people? Do you recommend? Do you not? I think I know the answer, but I'd love to hear what you say about that because I think we're all slightly different when it comes to that. Yeah,
1: it really just depends upon, well, the nature of the beast and also the client. In other words, if it's an ad agency that's representing a client... That's a little bit different protocol uh, because you're working with creative types and you're working with people who are used to working with actors, et cetera, et cetera. So when it's an, ag- an ad agency representing a client, it depends upon what they're asking me to do. But let's just say they're handing me the whole ball of wax. I'll, right up front, I'll ask them, how many people do you want to listen to? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if you tell me you want to listen to a whole bunch of people, I can get you a whole bunch of people. What? Right. How to you define a whole bunch of people? How many people yeah. do you want yeah. to listen to? So that's the first parameter I get. And they say, look, we don't want to listen to more than 10 of your absolute top people for this project. Fine. That tells me everything I need to know. Then I will mm-hmm. go out sure. and I'll, I'll put out, I'll again, I'll send it out. People will, will submit and I will... Basically, listen to everyone. I'll pick the top people, the top people, however many that people that is, put mm-hmm. them together. And th- if I've got more than 10, I will then pick the top 10 out of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That would be like being a casting director.
1: That's exactly right. it. That's, <laughs> that's one of
0: the roles. I, I There used to be a role like that, you know?
1: There used to be. A, and, and they also, most of the time, they say, look, we're entrusting you. With with this project, we're entrusting you to find the best talent, to have the best production values, et cetera, et cetera. We've right, heard right. your stuff before. We know you can, you're capable of doing it. We'd like you to do for us what you did for those people. Good. Done. If it's a client direct with no ad agency experience, with no ad agency representation, they just – I hold their hand a little bit more because they're not used to – they're not as savvy as the ad yeah. agency. Yeah. So if it's a client direct – I will hold their hand a little bit more, but the process is still basically the same. They entrust me to put their whole project together. Now, another Mm -hmm. ad agency might say, hey, listen, uh, we've done the creative, so you don't have to do any creative, Um, Mm -hmm. and we have our announcer already picked because he's the voice of or she's the voice of, but we want to get some other people in and put that together. So it just depends upon the client and, and how they're coming at me, but for all intents and purposes, they let me pretty much do what i need to do and give them Mm -hmm. their voices and and then they choose pick and choose sometimes they will say to me you gave us so many great voices and we've narrowed it down to two people which one would you recommend Mm -hmm. so sometimes i have to step in and and recommend and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's that that's difficult because they're both excellent any one of them could do it and and sometimes it it's not so much a coin toss, it's just more a matter of trying to to match the voice to the product. And then right, that, but that's a right, totally arbitrary right. thing. My so it is, sensibility could be, yes, this is the perfect voice for you, but uh, the wife of the president might say, you know what, I like that voice better.
2: Yeah. So when it comes, it kind of following that same thread, because this is all very interesting to me, when it comes down to... Directing, Yeah. Um, And let's say they've cast you and it's like, oh yeah, we want you to direct this too, or we want you to be involved in that. You get into the session, especially if it's, you know, you're not in the same physical location. You might be in your studio uh, in LA. The voice actor might be in another place in LA or even not in LA in the agency, you know, a third place. Um, And all of a sudden the uh, producer comes on and decides that he or she is going to, they just start coming in and they start weighing in In other words, they're not allowing you to do your job as director. I know it probably changes from situation to situation, but as a general rule, how do you usually deal with that?
1: Well, that's interesting. Um, That usually never – I don't – boy, I don't think that's ever happened. Uh, uh, When they bring me in as a director slash producer director, they usually let me do my job. They give notes to to me – Uh, And sometimes to the talent directly, oh, here's a little thing I do. And I did this from the very get-go, right from the very, very beginning. I'd be in the studio with the talent in the booth and the client with me in the control room. The client would start talking to me, telling me what they wanted from the talent. Mm -hmm. I surreptitiously would hold down the talkback button so the talent could hear and overhear an eavesdrop on the client talking to me. The client did not know that I pushed down the talkback button so that mm-hmm. the talent could listen. So the client would tell me what they wanted. The talent would be surreptitiously listening to that client saying it. And mm-hmm. then after the client finished talking to me, I would pretend to press down the talkback button. And say to the talent, "Okay, Bob, we have some a little bit of a a slight change of direction here. Uh, We want to kind of go this way and this way. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, the talent has already heard all the stuff Mm -hmm. that the client did. So Mm -hmm. it's a silent wink. And it's and Mm -hmm. I've always done this. And then so then the talent does what the client asked and the client looks at me and says, wow, it's like he read my mind. That's awesome. Why filter it? Why try to interpret what the client said? Okay, so
0: I'll answer that question. I was talent directing a session one time, and the client came in, and the, the, the client really wanted to not only cast, but also wanted to direct and wanted to basically do everything, yeah. right? And that that was not their role. This was for a video game, so it was pretty intense. We had like 20 different talents in in a two-day period, wow. so we were on a very tight time schedule to begin with. Right. Ten talents a day and and just insane. I went the opposite way. In fact, I actually pulled the client out at one point and said, my job here is to add value yep. by directing the talent yep. and helping the talent to get the reads that we really need to get and to make the game sound as good as it can be. If you don't want me to do that, I'll step aside and you can take over the entire session from here on Good. In. The guy, quite honestly, he pushed my hand that I really had no other option because he was jumping on the talk back button. He was giving all yeah. the direction. I'm like, as talent, there's nothing that's more confusing than when you think you're going in a direction, you were hired to do something, you're moving in that direction. And then all of a sudden you get a bunch of people that start giving you... You know, yeah, direction that's at, at at odds with each other. No, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. So I actually prefer both from a talent side as well as from a directing side to be a single conduit back to the talent yep. in the booth.
1: Absolutely, yep. keep it simple.
0: Now the the only downside of that is is being a talent in the booth. There's nothing worse than staring through the glass and seeing a giant conversation going around. And you have no idea what's being said. <laughs>
1: yep. It's called the fishbowl effect. Oh, yeah. Yes, it is. And that's one thing that I make sure that this n- never happens in one of my sessions. Not only will I, again, surreptitiously hold the talkback button down so the talent can listen, but I'll also instruct the engineer to let the talent be privy to everything that's being spoken about and talked about in the control room, that there is no fishbowl effect. And then I'll also tell the talent, the engineer is going to let you eavesdrop. Yeah. Don't let them know that you're hearing it. Make believe that you're prescient. Make believe that you are incredible. You're a savant, almost. That when they're thinking of something, all of a sudden you'll do it. Well, that's because you heard it. Good. And that's it. I never want the talent to feel like they're cut off. And cut out.
2: Yeah. And Brian, I guess I I almost have to direct that to you, though. And obviously, that's working for you, Mark. So maybe that already answers the question. But if you're the talent, if you're the actor, does that run the risk of now you're listening to more voices than the director and they might as well just be talking directly to you? Or or is there some value in in that from your perspective as an
0: actor? From my perspective as an actor, I think there actually is. But... That's because I've been doing this for three decades. Mm, sure, right. So, so I have the ability to discern. Yes. As a new talent, oh man, it could be really baffling. It would
1: be confusing. Yeah. It would be off-putting. It would be uh, unnerving too, because you don't know very who, much so. who, who yeah. to follow. I have one of my tips. One of my uh, daily tips. I basically, I think it was something to the effect of: if you're getting conflicting direction in a session, concentrate on the person who hired you. Yeah,
0: I think that's that's a very good point. Great tip. Right. Speaking of those tips, let's talk about that, the daily VO tips. First of all, so Mark has been pulling together the daily VO tips.
1: I'm very proud of myself because the the three- It's a
0: discipline thing. You're amazing. Well,
1: I'm proud of myself because I was having a discussion with my daughter, my 23-year-old millennial daughter, who said, Dad, if you want to put out content, you have to be consistent, Number one, you have to give people something that they don't have. Number two, and you have to find the good places to do it, the platforms to post it on. I said, okay, that that sounds reasonable. So I said, okay, well, why don't I just start with, I'll just start with uh, 10 VO tips over 10 days. Why not that? And we'll do um, uh, Facebook, we'll do LinkedIn, we'll do Twitter. Yep. And she says, that sounds like a a plan. So uh, after I started getting close to 10, Somebody, I don't know who, said, uh, "Hey, these tips are great. Why don't you do another 10?" So I said, "Okay, good. I'm getting some response." So I did then decided to do 20. And as I was approaching 20, somebody else wrote, "Hey, these are great. You know, give us more." So then I decided to do 30 and then 40 and then 50. And then by the time I got to 50, I said, "What is this for?" what's the end result? How am I going to get out? Or What is this? Is this going to be ongoing? Am I going to give a tip a day for the rest of my life? Or What is this? And how can we do it's something a with calendar. it? It's
0: calendar. It's the tear-off calendar. And that
1: is exactly it. That's So I realized a calendar is perfect. 365. I can do 365 tips over 365 days, and we can make it into a calendar. Then someone says, and yeah, and monetize it. And I said, yeah, and monetize wait a minute, wait a second, monetize a calendar? I mean, geez, God, everything's just being monetized to death. So I said, okay, well, let's just think about this. All right, so we do have something viable. We got something with content. We got 365 tips that'll hopefully inspire you one day or this, or some days you'll say, oh, that's a good one. And other days you'll say, yeah, yeah, I know that. But that's okay, that's all right. But I was thinking, okay, if I monetize this, what am I going to do with this? because if I monetize it what am I I'm not going to charge $33.65 for a dollar a day count that's ridiculous a penny a day could be 365 okay and then I said wait a second wait a second if I were to monetize this then what would the money go to what am I going to do with $3.65 what am I going to do with $33.65 seriously I, that, that, what am I going to do with that I don't need that so I realized okay There's got to be a higher purpose, because I've always, in my entire career, I've always tried to figure out a higher purpose for what I do. Once I started doing and writing and producing and casting commercials, I realized, okay, I had a talent for it, but what was I going to do with that talent? Use it to make a living? Yes, but, at least in my mind... I've always tried to figure out a way for me to channel my talent for a bigger, higher purpose, to help people, not just to enrich myself. So years ago, years ago, I realized, wait a second, if I can write, produce and cast commercials and create commercials for products and services, I could do the same thing for public services. I could do the same thing for people to help for hunger and for people who are for Make-A-Wish, people who are less fortunate People, animal shelters and and, and adoption centers. And and, and again, I could take my talent and I could also recruit my friends and colleagues so I could get talent to donate. I could get the studio to donate. I could get the music library to donate. And we could all donate and actually do something with our talent. We all contribute our talent to help people. So over the years, I've created dozens and dozens of public service spots for free and particularly for organizations that don't have the wherewithal they don't have the funds they don't have, they they wouldn't even know where to start so i approach them and say hey would you like me to create a public service spot for you and they say where have you been i mean how did this happen i mean this, yes of course and grateful beyond belief the great thing is the psychic payment The psychic payment. Here's the best thing that happened to me last year. The best thing that happened to me. I created a public service spot for the Greyhound Adoption Center, an organization that that takes in racing greyhounds after they're retired and tries to find them a new home before they're euthanized. And last year, the head of the organization contacted me and said, your spot got all of our 75 dogs adopted. That was the Very best nice. business. That was the best news that I had all year. That was the best. That sir. was that was it. So I realized, okay, what can I do with the tips? If I were to monetize this, what would I do with the money? And then I realized, okay, I could donate it to a number of different organizations. Then I heard about this organization called Vocal ID which is amazing. Oh. So anybody who's ever not ever heard of this, this is incredible. So this isn't the organization, this is the company that gave uh, Stephen Hawking his voice. Yeah, actually, that's, that's I found cool. out about
0: it from you, and I think you turned me on to it because yeah. I, I've contributed to Vocal yes. ID as well. And that's the yeah. other
1: thing, too, is that voice actors all over the world can contribute their voices to Vocal ID and to help give voices to people who don't have a voice literally don't have a voice either through genetics, either through surgery or illness. They lost their voice. And so the, the tips that I'm doing every day, they're easy because number one, I've already written them. Number two, the artwork's already been done. I've got somebody helping me with the artwork. My biggest challenge now, now I have to figure out how to get that money to vocal ID and donate for a voice. Now, I contacted vocal ID. I told them about my idea. They love the idea. And I said, OK, and now I got to figure out how to monetize this and then donate to people who needy people who who need voices. So that's the plan. Okay, so, so, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but that's the plan.
0: So vocal ID, first of all, is really easy to contribute to because it's an app and you go online and you start to record. You just read off different sentences and phrases and paragraphs and things like that. Yep. And then they break you down by syllables and however they break you down. Right. And they use the, your voice to do that. And you do it multiple sessions over a period of time. And, and that's how you get your complete voice pattern.
1: Yep. It's amazing. So if they
0: can do that. I bet they could do a downloadable calendar app possibly that that they could promote that comes up with that it's a nice tie-in and it it achieves exactly what you're trying to do
1: i think so and and truth if they don't do it at their end i'm certainly going to do it at my end in other words i will monetize i'll monetize the thing i'll put them in a calendar and then basically all the proceeds any anybody who buys it is going to go into like i want to try to set up like an escrow account to donate money for somebody for a voice.
0: I'm a big fan of the tear-off paper calendar. Kind of replace the old Dilbert calendar that sits on your desk. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just want to know if we might be able to get coffee out of this. You know, <laughs> I'm going to have <laughs> nice. to send you a Starbucks gift card. <laughs> See? There you go. The question I have then is, can I do the audiobook version for
1: you? You know, you would ask about that. And and uh, if there is a clamoring, Brian, for the audiobook version, you're... Top candidate.
0: How about just an audio app? But I'll have to audition against about another thousand people, and maybe I'll get picked, and maybe I won't. It depends on if I get listened to to fall in that top 10% or not. But, you know, hey, I'm glad to be in the consideration.
1: (laughs) You know, Brian, that's not a bad idea of turning it into a a downloadable app. Uh
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's really the the way to do it and then promote it on the Vocal ID website.
1: For $3.65. That could be... There you go. Not bad. See? There you go. See? You see? That's that
0: other creative side of me kicking in.
1: That's right. This is good. I love when (laughs) stuff like that happens.
0: I'm like a drug dealer. First idea is free. I
1: catch you on the backside. That's bringing it full circle. That's your loss leader. Do you believe we've, I mean, look at the time, how quickly the time has gone, and we've hardly even scratched the surface of what we're going to talk about.
0: Our friend and cohort, Mark Cashman. It's been a pleasure, buddy.
1: Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you so much, Randy. I love this entire concept, this just kind of freewheeling discussion uh, amongst uh, people who've been doing this for a while, and I hope people who are listening uh, can get something out of it. Brian, obviously, they know how to get a hold of you, and Randy, they know how to get a hold of you, and now they know how to get a hold of me. Brian, how long have you been putting you and randy been doing this
0: uh you know we're only uh about a dozen episodes in so this is still a relatively new venture but uh we were sitting around on on one of our multi-hour long phone calls one day talking about really cool stuff and i just kind of stopped and i said you know i wish we were recording this because this is really cool stuff that people are interested in at least some people are and because of the content they're willing to tolerate Randy and I. So that's how we got here. (laughs) I
1: totally understand. And thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen out there who've been listening for tolerating our content today.
2: (laughs) Uh, You're a pretty easy person to
0: tolerate there, Mr. Cashman. (laughs) Until next time, Randall. B.T. Mark. Gentlemen. Thank you so much, Mark. We really appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Mark Cashman is a longtime voice actor, producer, and coach. You can reach him at CashmanCommercials.com. It's spelled just like it sounds CashmanCommercials.com. Google it if you have to. He's a great guy who's happy to make time for you. And trust me, your voice career will thank you for making the call. Let's Talk VoiceOver is hosted by Randy Ryan, owner of Hamsterball Studios Voice Music and Sound Design, and Brian Talbot, actor and all around creative guy. That's me. Hope that didn't come across as braggadocious. If you have questions, comments, ideas for other show topics that you'd be interested in hearing, or you just want to let us know what you think, you can reach us by sending an email to bt at letstalkvoiceover.com or go to our website at www.letstalkvoiceover.com. That's letstalkvoiceover.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher so you don't miss an episode. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Why not? Thanks for listening to Let's Talk VoiceOver. We'll talk again real soon.